Hey guys, before we get into the episode, we have to do some shout outs. I would like to give a shout out to one of our longest listeners, one of my best friends, Carrie Spencer. Thank you so much for listening, girl. We're going to get you on this episode soon. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Brian Schaus, one of my original college roommates. Uh, he hit us up and said, how could we talk about Die Hard and not say yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker? Uh, we definitely have some disagreements about that line, <laughs> so we'll have to get into that when uh, we take your suggestion and do the Die Hard series. We're definitely going to get on that. Yeah, that was a good suggestion. Good suggestion. But uh, thanks to everybody who's been hitting us up on social media, everybody who's in been interacting with us, telling us what they like. Uh, when they think we're full of shit <laughs> and uh, <laughs> telling us what we should be doing next because we love that. And a uh, big shout out to, to everybody who's been interacting with us on social media. So, yeah, let's get into this episode. San Diego Comic-Con, baby. Ignition <laughs> sequence start. Six, five, four, All right, this is the Launchpad Podcast. We're the Rocketeers. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Rumi. Yeah. It is Monday afternoon. We just got back from four freaking days at Comic-Con. This is like my sixth or seventh time going specifically to that Comic-Con, and I've been to at least like three or four others. This was your first time, certainly at San Diego, right? I think maybe your first Comic-Con, at least your first big Comic-Con ever? It, it was my first time at the San Diego Comic-Con, and it was... I'm different. I'm a different. I, I I've experienced it. That's like it's. <laughs> I've seen how big it is. Right. The scope is undescribable. How big this convention is. How many people are there. It is. It is a nerd mecca. And everybody said you got to do it once. You got to do it once. I did it. I went to Comic Con. <laughs> ridiculous, right? <laughs> it was ridiculous, man. I had a blast. And this episode or a couple of episodes that we're going to do, we're going to cover what it's like to go to Comic-Con for the first time. I ended up, uh, normally I go with my my cousin, Cousin Mike, and his Mike buddy... Mike Conklin. <laughs> my, cousin, my cousin Mike's buddy, Gary, and uh, they weren't at, like, kind of last minute, weren't able to come this year, so I had a couple extra passes. So you suckers can live vicariously through me. And uh, it, it was amazing. So, you know, I talked to Rumi. I was like, hey, look, we've been, we've been podcasting like mofos. Let's, what do you think about coming to Comic-Con with me and, and doing the, the podcast there? And luckily enough, we were able to make it work. Rumi came down. Um, I guess let, let's try to start at the beginning. Uh, I'm doing special effects. I'm a professional so I can get in. Um, I got a badge that let me get in or let both of us get in Thursday Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all day. So Rumi and I, Rumi came to my house at about 5.30 in the morning on Thursday morning. We loaded up, got some coffee, got some money, <laughs> <laughs> and then headed down to Comic-Con. We luckily didn't hit any traffic. Rumi, we got down there. We put our stuff in the hotels. We, we dropped our stuff at the hotel, <laughs> which thank God we had a hotel because that was the initial like worry was like, 
where do you stay? There's, they have something called like a uh, hotel apocalypse or something, you know, t- tack and apocalypse on the end of a different word, making it scary. It was really scary to try and find a place to stay. And, and, and we luckily got a place to stay with some people from shitty movie Sunday. So big shout out to Lauren and Nick and map for letting me crash with them in their hotel room. And Barry for letting me crash with him. We'll talk about Barry later. <laughs> Spend it. Tell us how, like, you know, first, you know, going over the horizon and seeing Comic-Con. You start seeing the signs everywhere. And I'll tell you something, the signs in, in San Diego are ridiculous, and we'll get to that. But, you know, when we're walking and you start seeing decorations. We saw these giant balloons that were from, like, uh, Teen Titans Go, that giant balloons. Like, these things must have been 10 they feet tall. They were a bunch that, of different, uh, yeah. Cartoon, now, Cartoon Network Cartoon properties, Network yeah. characters and 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 the crowds and you start seeing people and you start seeing people with nerd shirts on and then you start seeing people in some costumes and then you see somebody with a giant robot sickle that they made and and I just kept getting more and more excited and then suddenly you're in a crowd of people there's probably a hundred people around you all going to the same place and everybody has the energy and the excitement because they're going to fucking Comic-Con man and <laughs> they get there and it is just I mean, the crowd's moving, but you, there are tons of people. And yeah, not someone, not, not, not a place for claustrophobic, right? No, um, which I am a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and outside, there's, there's, you start seeing all these, like, what would you call them? Like carnival attraction type things? It's like. Well, there's different, like, for those of you who know and those of you who don't know, you, you know, Comic-Con is mainly housed in the San Diego Convention Center, but then all throughout the city, there are different things to do. Some people, some places take over art galleries. Uh, the Tick had a huge booth, not booth, but like a huge uh, attractive activities going on outside of the actual Comic-Con. So people who didn't even have badges to get into Comic-Con can do these things. There was something for Kong of Skull Island. Blade Runner. Blade Broad City had a whole thing. Broad City, they Netflix. They took over a storefront. Yeah, and there's just so many things. Petco Park has usually has something. I don't know what they had this year because we didn't even get there. But Adult Swim. We're walking through all this stuff just to get to the Yeah, we're not even center. there yet. And, and you see all this stuff and, and people excited for that. And then you get in, you swipe your card. Um, and the, the illusion of safety here is, is, is very impressive. They, <laughs> they work very hard to make you jump through certain hoops so you feel – so you feel safe. Like you, every time you go in and every time you go out, you have to swipe your card or have it scanned. This is in the convention center. In the itself. convention center. And then inside, there's constantly people like, can't stand here. Don't go here. Don't go there. Um, and we get inside and immediately, like, let's check out the floor. Let's check out this floor. And you go inside and it is a room. How many football fields? How, how many Starship Enterprises would you fit it's gotta in? Be like, I would, <laughs> it's got to be at least – I would think it's at least two football fields. At I, least I'm terrible. Two. I'm terrible at guessing that stuff. But You're terrible at guessing football fields. Oh yeah, I'm like <laughs> one of the worst football field guessers. <laughs> I, I played football for a couple of years. They were like, "How long is this field?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm gonna go read comic books." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I'll, I'll look it up actually and, and see how long it is. But it, it's a it's a huge convention center. It's gigantic. And when we say the floor, the floor refers to the first level of the convention center, which is just a giant wide rectangle with all the exhibitors and vendors you could possibly think of. If you, I mean, aside from the one or two things that I was specifically looking for, which were not represented there this year, 
there's miniatures, there's comics, there's novels, there's shirts, there's hats, there's ties, there's um, toys, you know, there's artists, there's uh, huge. There's there's people like random toy vendors who are selling all different toys, but then there's like the bigger toy vendors and the smaller toy vendors are represented. Uh, Mattel was there, Hasbro's there, Neko was there, uh, Lego obviously was there. Then you have all the different, you know, there's comic book stores, comic book vendors, comic book art dealers. Then there's like Marvel has a huge booth, huge Sideshow booth. has a huge booth, uh, DC has a giant booth, huge. IDW, Dark Horse, Disney. all those. Then you have all different type of artists, whether it's an original comic art or comic strip or illustration or um, there were even writers and and producers and stuff had uh um, booth. Then there's people who have like I don't know what they're calling, but like artists who have like Etsy accounts who yeah. make things out of leather or you know make their own shirts. Somebody whatever. just selling dice for Dungeons and Dragons. Somebody just selling little little <laughs> miniature Star Wars guns that they were 3D printing that were higher quality than the regular toy guns. But it was like just little little bins full of like stormtrooper guns, full of Han Solo guns sure. that, that were nicer quality than the toys that you would get from somewhere else. Yeah, there is stuff like that everywhere. They have a lot. We saw custom Legos. We saw um, <clears throat> we saw a dude who buys and, and, and makes models and toys and completely like professionally repaints them. So we saw like a uh, an Imperial Walker with like a, a very nice paint job, not just like the normal Kenner BS. Like it looked like a professional model, and then you realize that it's a Kenner toy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And he, you know, the same guy, uh, also made his own um, Jurassic Park Barbasol uh, dinosaur embryo stealer. <laughs> My favorite part about that is you ask him, "Does it open?" He's like, "Yeah, check it out." You're like, "Do the little vials of DNA come out?" And he's like, "Yeah, check it out." And you're like. Does Barbasol come out of it? And the guy's like, oh, no. I said, can you take Barbasol out of it? I said, can you squirt Barbasol out of it and put it on a pie? Is what I, <laughs> is the exact, <laughs> that's the exact thing that I asked him. It did not do that. The attention to detail was not quite there, but it was still, that was pretty freaking cool. Um, every, every comic or book you could think of, I mean, to, 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 to overgeneralize, but they have so much stuff there. So, we kind of just took Friday. We didn't bring our recording equipment or anything. We said, let's just walk around the con. Let's see what we see. You know, kind of get Rumi acclimated so he like got gist of where we'd be, what we'd be doing, what the vibe was and everything. <laughs> acclimated is a, is a nice way of putting it. It was more like, well, if you're going to learn how to swim, we're going to toss your ass in. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And, like, Rumi's definitely, like, not one that's afraid of change. And he – for those of you who don't know Rumi personally – he is like a giant puppy. He's just so excited almost all the time. And when he's excited, you know he's excited. My absolute favorite thing to do with Rumi is to go to the Magic Castle and watch magicians. Because there's no person to get more excited about fucking real magic than this kid right here. And it's like infectious, you know? Yeah. Oh, I was infecting a lot of people there. I was a, I was a plague of dog of excitement there. <laughs> um, but but let's, let's, let's tell us, tell us some more stuff stuff about how you uh, felt about walking in there Thursday. It, it, it's unbelievable the amount of people there. That's the thing that is really staggering is, is the scope of people of all sizes and colors and, and, and all costumed, all there to represent some sort of fandom or to explore something or to be excited about something or looking to see something be revealed. And, and there's this kinetic energy in the air that just 
is electrifying and and you know there's music and everywhere you walk you can hear a lightsaber going off or or a, a, a clip from a new tv show or a new trailer or, or or lights and and there's so much going on and that that is that's an, an amazing environment to be in and everybody who's for the most part was very friendly yeah and very excited to be there and you could just walk right up and talk to people about you know what you got on what are you doing what are you, what are you here to see and and to our benefit as podcasters that 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 was so fun to find so many people so excited to be in one place for the week yeah and you know it really is kind of like it it it, it actually literally is the celebration of being a nerd like yeah. there are 4 days a year where you can just let your nerd colors fly as hard and as loud as you want and Really, whether you're into movies or comics or cartoons or anime or action figures or models or Legos or whatever, yeah. really, like, you know, Rumi, Rumi came up with this idea of pulp culture. The, the idea of that, like, what that entails, yeah. it's um, really this is the best celebration for it. So, of course, m almost everybody's in a good mood. And you're happy to talk about it. If anyone says, like, basically, yo, nerd, why are you here? What is the nerd thing you like about it's like a cool, fun, safe, and exciting space to be passionate about that, you know? It it really is the pulp culture mm. mecca. And and it all of this spawned from just early fantasy books and early early pulp dime novels has expanded into this billion dollar industry and this billion dollar celebration. There is so much money pumping in and out of this convention at San Diego and that you know the booths are pretty high end like the experiences outside are are pretty high end there's a lot going on and and it's just it's so impressive and that's just downstairs there's an entire upstairs which is a labyrinth of of rooms for panels and you go up there and and <laughs> and you can't find where you're going cuz the signs in San Diego are stupid but we'll get to that it, it's like <laughs> yes, yes. There, there's going to be a lot of things we kind of tease. You got to listen to all of the episodes that we do for this show because there's going to be more than one, and and you kind of got you really do have to listen to all of them <laughs> to get the whole deal. <laughs> so you wander around upstairs looking for the specific hall because they hand you out a a, a book that's like a, a almost like a yellow pages book is a huge thick book full of. What happens every day and every day, every half hour in how many how many panel rooms would you say there are? There are like 30. Well, I mean, the numbers at least range from like six to 30, I think six to 30 or six to 25, something like that. S so um, every half hour to every hour, there is something going on in each one of those rooms. And 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 it ranges from little things like let's talk about this you know, there were there were uh, podcasts there. There were uh, small TV shows there, all the way up to the legendary Hall H, which where they revealed like the Infinity Wars trailer and you know the Stranger Thing trailer and some of the really big stuff happens. Right, that's in, like the biggest thing. And Hall H, like people will camp out for that shit. Like there were people every night we would leave. There'd be people there camping. Overnight. To, Overnight. To be in line, get a good spot the next day. Yeah, just so they could get into this to see whatever it was that they wanted to see. And and just figuring out how to navigate it. Well, the, you know, we went up and we're like, okay, we'll get a bag and a lanyard and the map and the the, the list of 
of things to do. And the the bags are interesting. This is this is something that that you find out is like they give you these these like canvas backpacky bags that that have a some sort of property on the back, whether it's Lego ninjas, a TV show like the hundred. There's like five or or five or ten, I don't know how many variants. Seem like and a it's bunch just kind of random what you get. Yeah, people get really excited about what bag they get. I was mm-hmm. just just still swimming and oh my god look at that doing his roomy walk looking around with a giant smile on his face yep until somebody told me to move along (laughs) 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 they're they're adamant about no stopping like if you are stopping somewhere they get they get kind of cranky and there's always somebody there to be like keep moving through keep moving through it's like you keep moving um (laughs) and in these bags there's the map the lanyard for your 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 key card um the list of everything that's going on and a pin and this pin became a thing everybody wanted they wanted i got a superman what'd you get Uh, i also got a superman but But i I think it was justice league but everyone was trying to trade you get what you get and you're really not allowed to trade it with the people who are standing there but then you could like trade it with other idiots walking by so you a lot of times you walk up hey can you do that Uh, our friend lauren is a writer on the hundred she was dying for a hundred bag but couldn't get one so we were like scouring. We eventually made a trade for uh, with a woman who had one, so we got one. So that like that was pretty cool. So Lauren's pretty. Remember excited that, about that that woman said she knew the showrunner or something. Yes. She's like she's a woman and a veteran. Yeah. She was like slowly peppering in. None of that's true. Yeah. <laughs> she was like slowly peppering in <laughs> different facts. Not she didn't just say it straight straight out. <laughs> she was like kind of like dropping them almost like. I don't know to pique our but, interest. Like or we something. couldn't check on that. <laughs> I, th- I think I think we I think we prefaced it with we know one of our friends is a writer on the show and she's like I know this. She must have just been confused. I don't want to call her a liar. This this <laughs> bag yeah, trade. Yeah. She must have just been confused with either what the show was or the person that she claimed to know. But it's like you don't think we're gonna go check on this immediately. Like the first thing right. I did when I saw Lauren, I was like, oh, we traded to get this bag. And, and Lauren was <laughs> like, oh, that's not exactly that's true. Not true. I wonder if there's um I wonder if that woman didn't she meant something different but she said show on her. Yeah, who but, knows. <laughs> but um, just a PA actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she showed the show. It's a PA who said they were the showrunner. Yeah, and she's like I don't know I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? So so they give you the book and you start looking through it and trying to pick what what you want to do at any hour of the day. So we picked a handful of things for each day that we were there that seemed interesting and wanted to check out. Rumi and I are both not big fans of lines. <laughs> of waiting in lines, yeah. Like, yeah. And there, that, that is a decent part. There's a lot of people who spend most of the time waiting for the one or two, three, four things they want to do. Um, panels, signings, meet and greets. There's premieres. They premiere movies there. They premiere yeah. TV shows. And people will wait like five hours to go in and see someone or something that means something to them. Yeah. We did very little waiting in line. No. They, I mean, I historically don't really like to wait in line. Yeah. And uh, like I and, and, and we thought, I think as we were driving down, we were trying to think like what – what would I wait in line, like standing in line, knowing it was going to be like three or four hours? I can't think of anything really that yeah. – it'd have to be a literal one-time opportunity for me to take well, that time. And, and there's something special about seeing like I saw it first, but immediately everything that somebody else waited eight hours, slept overnight for, I got to watch that evening on my laptop. <laughs> right, and that's the thing. And some, uh, For whatever reason, whether you're just so passionate about it or you want to yeah. be the first – group of people to see that yeah whatever but i mean it happens people's literally like you said will camp out wait there so that they're guaranteed to get a 
a signature or whatever the next day. And I think a, a part of it is definitely like if you're in the room when that drops, that excitement is a rush. Like I can't imagine the excitement oh, of sure, being. Oh, sure, yeah. So have you watched any of the, the Comic-Con trailers that they dropped, like Stranger Things 2, uh, Infinity War? There's there's only a bootleg. No, of no, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't looked at anything uh, yet. The Westworld trailer, um, the Ready Player One trailer. Yep, I've seen that they're it's blowing up yeah. all over social media, but I haven't watched any of it yet. Did you read Ready Player One? I did, actually. Um, what'd you think of it? Boop, 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 boop. It was really cool. There was a couple references there. Because I'm not a huge video game guy, there was a couple references I didn't get. Yeah. But for the most case, I really – I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I thought as a piece of written fiction, it wasn't like the most prolific thing. But no, that's not what it was trying basic. to be. Yeah. It was super fun and it was yeah. like a cool um, – a cool thing, and I think it would make a cool movie. I think that there's a lot of cool shit in there that speaks to exactly the kind of stuff that you and I like. Big time, big time, and and I, I agree with that. I, I felt like the stakes were weird because, like, at no point were you like, oh, this guy's not going to make it. Like, I never felt like there was any failure bound. Like, this kid was going to win. Oh, yeah, sure. Every challenge, he's he's going to beat it. So anytime he was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make it, I'm like, you're going to make it, kid. There's If the book doesn't end here, you're going to make it. But the trailer has all these moments that you could just see the crowd going batshit crazy for. Like, there's a moment they're on a battlefield, and I guess in the movie, he's like a big Hulk-like ogre monster at certain points. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that in the book, but... They show this guy cruising through a battlefield, shooting huge brand name characters. And the part that even in the tra- in the watching it on my tiny screen that made me go, ooh, is mm-hmm. he flies in the air and Freddy Krueger leaps at him with his claws and he obliterates him in a giant laser blast. Really? And then there's a, a scene where they're all racing through the streets as wrecking balls are crashing through. And this guy is on Akira's motorbike and he – zips past the DeLorean that transforms into a flying DeLorean and cruises past him and just seeing all these properties like I'm I, I got all excited thinking about him. he does I can see him get my little, little puppy wiggle going there's <laughs> like a little bit of like electricity vibe coming yeah. up and and could you imagine being in a big crowd of people with that and just the cheers that that would elicit and that excitement sure sure and like I think I would like to be a part of that at some point, but at this year it was like I'm not waiting in line for any of that crap. There's so much to see and I would miss out on other stuff if I was waiting in line for this. Something that everybody knows, everybody knows about Comic-Con, even if you haven't been there, you've seen the pictures, there is so much cosplay. Everyone comes in costume. Uh, we went as handsome boys. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times Rumi would ask me, Hey, we you know, Rumi would take little videos that we're going to use for promos and stuff. And Rumi would say, Hey, Rumi, where are we? What are we doing? You know, and I'd turn around and I'd be like, We're at Comic Con. I'm dressed like a handsome boy. Because it's true. Um, it was hysterical. Our costumes were great. <laughs> <laughs> Got a lot of compliments. <laughs> but yeah, there were so many cool costumes. I mean, there were people dressed as a lot of Overwatch this year, which Rumi doesn't know Overwatch. So he kept being like, what anime is that from? I'm like, it's from Overwatch. And like, it ga- became a running joke. Yep. And eventually, like, literally one time I said, uh, that's got to be an anime because I don't know what that is. And Rumi was like, no, if you think it's an anime... It's from Overwatch. So literally the next person I saw that I didn't know, I looked at Rumi. I was like, before you even ask, that guy's from Overwatch. And Rumi goes, actually, that's from an anime. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. But, of course, one of the go-to properties for cosplay is Star Wars. We saw a lot of Star Wars. Tons, tons. And every year, I mean, Star Wars has been a huge, huge 
contender in the cosplay arena down there. We saw stuff from the original trilogy. We saw stuff from the prequel trilogy. We saw yeah. stuff from the two newer movies. Tons of Rays, tons of Stormtroopers, a couple Death Troopers. Kylo Ren's, lots of Kylo Ren's. Multiple types of Chewbacca's. Yes. Specifically. Oh man, one of the one of the coolest Chewbacca's that we saw, and and it was funny because it was it was he was seven feet tall. I mean, this and was a- just for the record. We're saying Chewbacca's because they were different Chewbacca's. It's not that we think Wookiees are called Chewbacca's. Yeah. They weren't Wookiees. These were Chewbacca's, but different types. Yeah. And we were we were walking in, and you can't miss this guy. This is a seven-foot-tall, giant pink Wookiee. <laughs> not, not just pink, but like fuchsia, screaming yeah. neon pink. We got a lot of pictures with him, and we got a sweet interview with... The Pink Wookiee and the Five O Fabulous. The Five O Fabulous. What do, what do you call yourself? What's your crew? We're the Five O Fabulous. <laughs> Amazing. So let me describe to you. We're at Comic Con here. There is a seven foot tall, neon 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 pink Chewbacca. We have a Lieutenant super fabulous. Han What's that? Lieutenant Han Dangle. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy ass Han Solo. And last but not least, that's the Pink Akbar. Pink it. Akbar, and it's exactly what you think it would be. And this gentleman's name? This is, uh, he's at Pink Wookie on uh, Instagram. Okay. Amazing. Guys, where did you come up with this? It all started with Pink Wookie. He decided for whatever reason he wanted a Pink Wookie. And so that's where he started. And I was trying to figure out where I was going to go with that to go with him because he, someone's got to follow this guy around, make sure he doesn't went, fall on you people. You went the appropriate way. So yes, it was, it was Han Dangle after that. And your and your knee-high boots. Right. And uh, then, uh, are you actually that tall? No, he's oh, on and stilts. And the porn stash. That's yeah, the stash is so good. <laughs> got to go with the porn stash. <laughs> uh, and the mirrored shades. The, 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 the uh, costumes that you guys have, the Chewbacca is like bright pink, which is not necessarily canon. However, it looks really good. They did a great the job. So legit. Moves. Right. And uh, oh my good, the mouth like the mouth moves a lot, and the guy is actually doing a lot of Chewbacca's movements and yeah. mannerisms, like the head tilts and stuff. It's actually really tight. For, for the guests at home, his bandolier is gold bricks with like dazzled jewels on it. It's it's awesome. It's cool, and he's got one pimp nail pin- painted uh, uh, gold yeah. on on one hand. <laughs> Amazing. And then we have Pink Akbar, is ex- again exactly like what you would imagine he's got a really cool rebel looking uniform and a big mon calamari head bright pink flashing eyes the eyes are, eyes are glowing yeah they have like like led lights flickering inside and did did akbar make his absolutely head? this uh this is completely made out of foam it's like l200 type crafting foam correct, correct. l200 amazing, type man. foam he did a great job that, it's amazing. guys thank you so much this thank you awesome. so good i hope you guys have a great con that's you too. Uh, thank you the Five O Fabulous was great. We we they 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 did a great job on their costume. There were a lot of Star Wars people, and because we knew there were going to be so many Star Wars people, Rumi came prepared with a quiz. So we decided to give the quiz to a couple of people dressed in Star Wars. And one of the first ones we saw, the second we got out our microphones, this guy came walking down. He started eyeing us, and we we're like, "This guy wants to take a quiz." And he was dressed in a sweet Rebel helmet and a Rebel T-shirt. And we saw these other guys. It was a it was a family. It was it was two brothers and a sister. And the sister was Ray. One of the brothers was a sweet Princess Leia, <laughs> and one of the brothers was. Th- and this was a pretty creative thing. From Rogue One, he was a rebel blockade, uh, a rebel trooper, re- rebel blockade soldier, rebel blockade. 
trooper. But he was impaled with a lightsaber with a tiny, like, plush Darth Vader hanging off the back of it. Right. Harking back to the to the end of Rogue One, spoiler alert, where Darth Vader just decimates a bunch of rebel soldiers. As I like to call it, the Vader boner moment. <laughs> <laughs> Not meaning Darth Vader had an erection. No, no, he just gave it to everyone in the crowd who who loves Star Wars. You get a boner. <laughs> you get a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, we didn't forget about you. Awesome. Tidal wave. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh. yeah, but this guy had a, a real sweet costume uh, and it was a, it was two brothers and a sister and yeah, we gave them the same quiz. Well, we have a Star Wars quiz. We're wondering if you wanted to try a couple of these questions out. Chime in if you know the answer, just say it. First one, what does TIE stand for in TIE Fighter? Twin Ion Engine. Twin Ion Engine. Oh, okay. Boom. That's that's my that's my test question for the test. That, I know what you're gonna. I know how you're gonna do. I'm now. a pilot, so that's just. <laughs> oh, real? Like yeah, a, I'm like a real a, pilot. I fly like pilot? real airplanes. So, oh, that's awesome. So it's real easy. What to, kind of airplanes? I uh, just Cessnas and stuff. Just Cessnas. Just That's Cessnas. pretty cool. I'll All tell right. you what, though, if you want to be a, if you want to learn how to fly an airplane, I heartily recommend doing it. But if you're into roller coasters, it ruins every roller coaster forever. Oh, fair enough. That's actually pretty smart. <laughs> That's good, good advice that no one would ever oh, tell you. Oh, it was an awesome roller coaster. Yeah, but you're not taking off in a crosswind in 30 miles an hour, so you know it's boring for That's me. That's pretty good. This is James, the X-wing, X-wing fighter pilot. How many lightsaber colors can you tell me? Blue, green, red, purple. Very good. Who had the purple? Purple is Mace Windu and some other Jedi. Why was it purple? Um, it was purple because uh, Samuel L. Jackson loved the color purple, and they made him a they they gave him the color of uh, the purple lightsaber. That is the real earthly answer. The but the but contextual. The, the, yeah, do you the know that one? Textual light is because Mace Windu practices a form of lightsaber combat called Vapad, which enables him to channel the dark side against his opponent without it without it affecting him. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Also, this guy, this there's a different right type. It's, it's internally the electri- uh, the lightsaber itself is called an electrum yes. crystal. Let me know one mistake in the filming of the original Star Wars. Well, the favorite of all time is when the uh, stormtroopers coming into that little area where the droids are after they finally opened up the door. In the Death Star. And the stormtrooper runs right into the bottom of the door. It's hysterical. And you can even hear the helmet mic pick it up when he does it. It's hysterical. Well, there's one discrepancy between the original trilogy. Actually, there's many in the... Um, the prequels that when Yoda says no, there is another. Obi Wan forgets like that he was at the birth of Luke and Leia. He forgets that there was a twin oh, sister. Yeah, that's, so that's I never funny. thought of that. It's like that's you true. Forgot? He literally watched that girl be born. She came into the world under his supervision, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, that's <laughs> awesome." I never thought about that. That's pretty good. All right, um, who is Jeremy Bullock? Oh, uh, uh, Boba Fett. Very good. It's Boba Fett. Do you know where else he appears in the original trilogy outside of the Boba Fett costume? You see his face. Oh, it's in uh, episode three. He's piloting the Tonto Four, right? When they go into Pretty Coruscant. Uh, he, I believe he is. He's also in Empire. Oh, okay. As outside of it? Oh, I outside. didn't know that. Tell him where, Rumi. His face? Yeah. He is the Imperial officer oh, who is oh, yeah, escorting right. and he that's grabs right. Leia and she goes because you rebel scout right. 
Yeah, it's that's right. He grabs it. He grabs her and uses her as a human shield. Right. Yeah. And she, yeah. It's a trap. Right. And he pulls her away. That. Yep. Yeah. All right. Partial credit, but you're doing pretty good. Can you name all six bounty hunters from Empire? IG-88, Boba Fett. We have Bosk. We have uh, Forlom. Oh, gosh. Dengar. One away. And, uh, okay, so we got the... Damn, the guy with the gas mask. Yep, that's the one you're missing. Um, Forlom's yeah, partner. No, no. Oh, Starts with I a Z. Know this. Oh, uh, it's... Zuckus. Zuckus. Oh, okay. Zuckus oh. is the last one. Oh, okay. it's Zuckus. Pretty good, pretty good. All right. How fast did Han Solo do the Kessel Run? Less than 12 parsecs. Nice. You guys really? Are I thought team. it was 14 parsecs. No, less than 12. <laughs> that was a good nod. Who's R5D4? Oh, is that the one that has the bad motivator and yep. blows up? R5D4. <laughs> he the even red, knew his problem. The red R2. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uncle this Owen. A, Uncle Owen, he's got a bad motivator. R2 unit's got hey, a bad motivator. what are you trying to pull on us? <laughs> 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 How many Ewoks can you name? Uh, you know, I'm not even going to try. But I have an Ewok story. Let me hear it, James. Lay it on us. My wife played an Ewok in the video for Star Tours. Get out! How Whoa. cool is that? The original Star Wars loading video. She plays the she plays the Ewok that turns and tells everybody, come on, come on, come on, like that. And, How cool uh, is yeah, that? Yeah, so she was in that. She was there for like a good 20 years, and she worked at Disneyland. She was, you know, I'm married to Minnie Mouse. I got, I did what Mickey has never been able to do. I committed. You locked that down. I locked that down. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, so and then she got cast to she got cast to do those videos. Uh, to play an Ewok, so. That's cool as hell. That's awesome. How many Ewoks can you name? Wicket. Uh. <laughs> this gets harder as it goes on. Yeah. I didn't realize it. Yeah. One's yeah. name is Chief. Uh, Chirrup. Close. Or Chirpa. Chief Chirpa. Chirpa. Logre. Rumi knows his Ewoks. I gotta go back to that visual guide. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely Pop listen Lou there. steals the, um, the speeder bike, and there's... There's like three or four other ones that I, I really okay. don't know because the Tebow, Tebow was the guy with the pig's, pig wow. face. The original figures, guys. They're Do you like Ewoks? Here. Are you an Ewok fan? Sounds like, uh, I'm not like perhaps. I don't like talk about how great they are, but like I like Ewoks. Okay. And Endor would not be the same without them. All right. Um, how big is a womp rat? Uh, no, like not no, quite not bigger like than two meters. meters. Not, not much bigger. Not, much, not bigger. much bigger than yeah. two meters. There you go. Ray is into this guy. She's like, it's almost like she's trying to buzz and get there before the blockade yeah. is over. <laughs> uh, All right, ready? Last question. Tell me Jabba's band's name and the the three members from the original, oh. not the special edition. Uh, Jabba's band's name was... Pretty sure it's Max Rebo's band. You got it. Yeah, and I know Max Rebo is the blue guy who yep. leads the band. That's one. Uh, Two more. But damn, I don't know if I know the other one. It was a three-piece band. You had Max Rebo, who was Max the band Rebo leader. And the Reboettes. I don't know. I got, I got <laughs> In the special special edition, I heard they're renaming the band Max Rebo and the Reboettes. But it was Max Rebo band, right? Max it was nice Rebo easy. Band. It was awesome. Yeah. He was Max awesome. Rebo. He was on the keyboards. I hate it, I hate it when they redid it. The with the little guy. Yeah. Yeah, there's I don't a, know the there's name. a singer, the yellow girl with the long mouth. Her name Price is... Rice Noodles. Yeah, you got it. And then the last one is a peach-colored guy who's got like no... Excuse me. A lot of folds, no eyes, and like a little pig nose. He plays like a clarinet-looking thing. Yeah. Rumi, tell him what it is. 
Droopy McCool. Droopy McCool is like one of the coolest names. And, and not only is Droopy McCool cool, but he gets into it when he starts doing when he starts doing <laughs> the solo, man. It was hysterical. <laughs> He's like, yeah, baby. <laughs> I wish we were doing a vidcast instead of a podcast because James just did an impression of Droopy McCool losing his shit on the oh, uh, man, solo. That was that was, so that was pretty good. good. You guys did pretty good. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> good teamwork. But now you know what you need to study. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you guys want to achieve. I'm just glad uh, my brother and sister were here. Otherwise, I would have failed this entire quiz. <laughs> that's cute that you guys are all brother and sister too. Is mom and dad here also? No. 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 This is a siblings only trip. Yeah. <laughs> because their costumes weren't good enough and you guys kicked them out of the band or what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're here in spirit because they helped get this together. No. So we'll just put it that way. More spirits? <laughs> when you say spirit, you guys see them standing next to you in blue? Or they're like, urging you? Is uh, Hayden Christensen spend them? The, the young version showed up and we don't know who they are because yeah. we've never seen Excellent. them before. <laughs> Excellent. Guys, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. James, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for having me. Actually, I do I do a podcast myself. Oh, really? I do a podcast called Conversations with Apollo, where I introduce, where I interview anybody who worked on the Apollo program. Conversations with Apollo at podomatic.com. I interviewed him, Moodwalker, Ed Mitchell, wow. who recently passed away. Wow. I a spaceman or someone who could dance? Someone who actually <laughs> walked on the moon. That's pretty cool. Uh, I, uh, from Apollo 14, I've interviewed uh, Jerry Griffin, flight director, and uh, the inventor of the camera the Apollo Lua camera that was used on the very first moon landing. Stanley Kubrick? No, it wasn't <laughs> Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's funny what, what I didn't know from the quiz and what other people didn't know from the quiz. Like, like I had forgotten what TIE Fighter stood for, but everybody seemed to get that immediately. Yes. Yeah. That, well, I mean, I wrote the quiz so clearly I knew the answers. The one thing I actually I, I didn't know that uh, that more than one person said was that Jeremy Bullock appeared in the prequels. And I think I knew that. I actually have not fact checked that yet. But I thought when I wrote the quiz, I know I know more Ewok names than I remembered uh, actually on site. But there was a fun little quiz. And I, I guess it got a little harder as it went on because James, the X-Wing pilot, and the the brother and sister combo. Oddly enough, none of them was dressed like Luke. It was just Leia. So it wasn't a, it wasn't a cosplay brother and sister. They were just family brother and sister. Well, the one that people didn't get, and I was surprised about this because I mean they're cool characters. Was uh, Zuckus? They didn't know Zuckus. Yeah, I, I would have thought like any 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 Star Wars fan who really knows his shit is gonna know immediately. Those six characters. I mean, that like one of the coolest things is the bounty hunters and yeah. like, all of the trilogy. But I mean, the funny thing is, is like I knew their name, but I, I mean, I, I, I know I read Tales of the Bounty Hunters, but I don't remember much about Zuckus. And I looked him up to try and do a little research for this, and literally, it's like, yeah, he was there. <laughs> like Wikipedia, <laughs> Wikipedia, which is Wikipedia for Star Wars nerd, sure. normally has you know pages and pages and like books about these assholes, and Zuckus is like five sentences it's like and that's about it i've seen this in comics and some other stuff but zuckus and forlom are apparently a team yeah they're yeah definitely um, that was that was in the tales from the bounty hunter novel mm -hmm. and i was not and still i'm not big in the star wars novels but i did read that one because they're just so freaking cool yeah but uh had to find out if boba fett lived right 
Yeah, for sure. You knew he did. Yeah. Or, but that 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 story I thought was actually pretty weak. It's a good the one in the book. I actually just re- reread that a couple a uh, couple months ago. But uh, but re- anyway, Zuckus and Forlom, they're a team. The whole thing was like he can't breathe most planets' air. That's why yeah. he's got Zuckus. If you look at a picture or the action figures, Zuckus is kind of a fatter one. Forlum is almost like a protocol droid-looking body with an insectoid head. Yeah. Zuckus also has an insectoid-looking head, but has like a gas mask, rebreather type on. Yeah. And he's kind of big. And I think when you see him, <laughs> when you see him on the on the Star- Super Star Destroyer, it almost looks like he has like a dat pack on it and he's holding <laughs> it like on his big fat belly. Yeah. Um, so little known fact, actually, when Kenner originally did the Forlum and Zuckus figures, mm-hmm. they switched the names. So Zuckus was sometimes seen as uh, labeled as Forlom, and Forlom was sometimes labeled as Zuckus. Well, good thing they figured that shit out so people could not remember them at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, because I think in the interviews, they remembered Forlom, mm-hmm. but they didn't remember Zuckus. Yeah. Looking to confirm that I knew what I was talking about, I saw that there was a record that was like a, a Star Wars alphabet record, wow. and Z was for Zuckus, who was hanging out with... Bosk, Boba Fett, and IG-88. Yeah. But in the in the picture that came with the record, it was for alum. So they also fucked that up. Oh, wow. Way to go, everyone who merchandised in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be interesting, go around and be like, uh, do you know Forlom? And like, yeah, the bounty hunter. And you're like, describe him like he's a fat asshole with a gas mask. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, no. Yeah, he's a future porker with a with a rebreather on. No, and <laughs> no. Um, actually, also Forlom, I heard was named for the expression "for love of money." That's where they got that name from. Gangster as fuck. I don't know. I don't know why I know so much about those two fucking things. I guess that's what I did in high school. For the love of money, gotta get your money, man. <laughs> Get your money, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we just saw so many people in costume, so much cosplay at Comic-Con. Uh, we knew we had to get an interview with some of these people. We are here at San Diego Comic-Con, and I am interviewing none other than Mr. Doc Brown. How you gentlemen doing? <laughs> Doc Brown, you guys, I, we got to show pictures of this in the podcast somehow. You guys... He looks amazing, uh, head to toe, totally. He's even standing like Doc Brown. He has Doc Brown's DMV license and an Institute for Future Technology DeLorean Time Machine operator permit. That's right. To we need clothes. that to do that time travel from Hill Valley. I'm looking for Martin. Marty just got lost somewhere around here, and we're looking for him right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, let me ask you a question. You have made this costume. You assembled it from other things. You looked for specifically for, I'm a, is that your real hair? No, it isn't. I wish it was. <laughs> You know, hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> He's got the glasses. Oh, you, you really look amazing, man. Tell me about what what about Doc Brown as a character speaks to you, something that you really, really relate to or, or love about the character. He's a person that all people like, even different generations of uh, children. From from uh, right now, they see the Back to the Future uh, Chronicles, and they want to take pictures with me. It's a beloved character. They really love Doc Brown. Sure. What, what, what do you love about him? Why is he beloved to you? Because he's crazy and he takes chances, and that's what I do. I love it. Fair I love enough. It. Fair enough. One All thing right. I got I to gotta bring up is, can you describe what is your watch? It's I love this watch. Flux capacitor. And let's get it going here. 
Whoa. Oh, that's so cool. It's a flux capacitor on his wrist, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's, it is a mini flux capacitor awesome. that has become a watch. It is amazing. I also like what you said. The reason you said that you like the character so much is because he does what he wants. He's not afraid to take chances. He's He just goes, he really kind of follows his heart regardless. And I feel like him and Marty are almost kind of, would you, Rumi, would you agree? They're almost like kind of kindred spirits where they both feel similar and act similarly? They really are because in the first movie, they're both a little lost, but together they find something amazing. Exactly. And I think everybody wants somebody that they can relate to. I think Doc Brown is a person that takes chances where a lot of people are scared to do it. But by seeing him, they might be the person that will take that chance to better themselves or do something that they didn't really want to do because they're kind of scared. Let me ask you this, uh, uh, piggybacking on that question, if Hollywood walked up to you right now and was like, listen, Mike, we need you to right now tell us a pitch for the fourth movie of the series, what would, Ma what would Marty and Doc be doing in the fourth movie? They'd be going back to Jurassic Park. Oh, oh, that'd be, pretty, that'd be cool. pretty cool. I would green light that. That seems I pretty cool. I would be collecting DNA to make a dinosaur bring back with me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So wait, you say to bring back with you? Yes, yeah, so I get the DNA and I would create a, another, like a Tyrannosaur sex in my garage. Would that fit in the DeLorean <laughs> or would you have to make him a flux I would capacitor take watch? The, I would take the egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Doc Brown, thank you so much. We man. really thank appreciate you very it. Thank gentlemen. All right, so rooms. We got Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad, and she looks great. And then we've got Deadpool. He's got. I look adequate. I look <laughs> adequate. Dude, you're doing all right. The best thing about this guy, he's got a really nice costume. Really good costume. He has sunglasses hanging out of the collar oh, no. of. But he's still wearing the Deadpool mask, which I think is badass. <laughs> no, no, you can't take them. They're mine. They're I not think yours. That's bitching. They're mine. Um, let's do this. What do you guys think? Uh, give me like a one or two minute spiel respectively about your movie. So tell me about Go Suicide ahead. Squad and you tell me about Deadpool. Go ahead. I love Suicide Squad. Um, I mean, whenever there's a female heroine in a comic, you know, I love that. It's hard to come by and I love to see that. In that specific movie, in Suicide Squad, what about Harley as a character and as a heroine in that movie resonated with you? You know, it's kind of funny. I actually am a psychologist as well. Get out! Yes. Oh. And so I understand the psychology part of it, and uh, how cool is that? <laughs> Life imitates fiction, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to tap into the crazy part. I don't quite have that. <laughs> well, you're standing next to this guy. It's, it's getting, it's helping you. It's yeah. kind of hard to. It rubs off. <laughs> when it came to Deadpool, I mean, I was a fan of the comic book, but going back to when I was a kid, when it had a limited release in 1994, sure. four books. It was the first time he ever got his own book. So then as you get older, you get into other things. And I became such a fan of Ryan Reynolds from Van Wilder, two guys, a girl in a pizza place. So it was a dream come true to see somebody like Ryan Reynolds play Deadpool. He was born to be Deadpool. Hey, he did a good well, let me job. ask you a question job. then. Yeah. You have the amazing movie Deadpool, which just came out yeah. a couple years ago. Backtracking a while ago till that other, I'll call it a movie because I don't know what else you call it, but Wolverine, yeah. where Ryan Reynolds was going to play a character named Wade Wilson. Correct. How excited were you walking into that situation? Uh, the opening scene, all the trailers from when he was slicing right? a bullet in half with the katana sword. And, look, and you're yeah. like, that is awesome. And, and he disappears. <laughs> and you're like, all right, he's going to be back at the end. And we're going to see Deadpool. And then that showed up. I don't know what that was. It was just a mound of flesh. We don't. It was painful to watch. There was nothing about, it had nothing to do with Deadpool. Correct. It had nothing to do Correct. with anything. Correct. Um, you, you a almost, producer abomination. Yeah, you almost want to find the producer and just slap him in the face. So the thing that, that Rumi and I, that my, my roommate and I always talk about is like what the boardroom meeting would have been like. So like, if we're the writers and producers of that 
piece of shit movie. And we're like, okay, so here, we're going to bring in another franchise. We're going to spread the seed of Deadpool right at the beginning. Yeah. And then at the end, we're going to bring it back. We're going to bring Deadpool back. Yeah. And then some dildo in the room is like, what if, hear me out, what if we don't go by this character who everyone loves and is established and has a cool look? What if we do like a complicated makeup? We take away his mouth, yeah. which is his coolest. He, he's a verbal feature. assassin, but let's sew his mouth shut. I think it'll work, right? Do, yeah. Doesn't he have a nickname? Isn't it like Merc with a mouth? No, no, no. We're gonna get rid <laughs> no, of no. The no. Mouth. What about guy who has no mouth? I love it. I tend to believe the guy that pitched the idea really hated his job and just wanted to be unemployed. He was trying to get the yeah. F out yeah, of give there. Give me the hell out of here. That's pretty okay. funny. And he was like, and then they were like, everyone on the board was like, no, that's not acceptable. He's like, uh, what if he got giant spikes in his arm? Yeah. Rubber stamp, good, let's do it. Film, tomorrow. Oh, that was how, terrible. How good were those shout-outs in the movie to make fun of that yes, previous that was Oh, it was, it was classic, because that's classic Ryan Reynolds. That's what he does. Yeah. You know, and he, he knew how to do this. He did it right, and, you know, that's what we love. So being here at the con, what have you seen that has made you excited for something coming up? Oh, God. Uh, actually, uh, it dropped yesterday, a trailer for Pacific Rim 2. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, nice. I didn't expect that. I didn't know that was coming, so that was pretty cool. That Very was really cool. nice to see. Very yeah. cool. What give us give us one one specific thing, audio, visual, the theme of it. What got you most excited about that trailer? Multiple Jaegers working as a team. Awesome. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, did you see anything happening in the daylight? <laughs> that was our main, no, no, our main complaint from the point. first one is the whole movie takes place at yeah, night, the yeah, entire thing. Yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. No. No. <laughs> we'll have to look this trailer check, up. Yeah, we got to check yeah. this, this shit out. Everyone, yeah, go on, our, go on our pages and let us know, is there fucking daylight in this trailer or what? <laughs> Can you see what's happening? <laughs> Does oh, any of it take awesome. place underwater at night? Uh, there's water. There's definitely water. Yeah. <laughs> they love and, water. And there is night, so, um, yeah. All right. Yeah, it could be a prequel for all we know. Oh, well. Well, guys, thank you very much for Anytime. taking the time thank to chat you. with us. Thank you for having us. Deadpool and Harley Quinn, an actual psychologist or psychiatrist? Psychologist. That's freaking amazing. Are you a real assassin, too? <laughs> if I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It was so fun to talk to all these people in costume. And and one thing I realized, there were so many Harley Quinns there. And until you see the impact that the movie Suicide Squad had on the cosplay scene, I, I really never appreciated the movie Suicide Squad until now. And why is that? Let's just say if you had stock in red and blue booty shorts, you are very happy. <laughs> you are a rich, rich that's person. True. There was a lot of uh, bicolored booties around in fishnets. <laughs> that's true. There was a lot of Harleys. Come to think of it, I don't know that I saw any like traditional Harley costume in the actual Harley Quinn suit. I saw a couple with the big hammer. I don't know if hammers I saw, but I don't know that I saw anyone in like the Batman animated series S costume. It was all Suicide Squad Harley. Because if you had to wear a full like bodysuit with like like goober, like jester ears hanging off the top or booty shorts, which one would you pick? Well, booty shorts, but I have, I have the booty for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of Jared Leto jokers though. I saw one I think, and just yeah. like the original, he was shoot in misplaced. <laughs> Nobody was giving him his due credit. Yeah. So uh, we, we ran into these, these two people as a, it was a Harley Quinn and a Deadpool, which I think cross, you know, companies, but I think they would be a good, a good, good group to see together. They were one of the first people that we ended up talking to. And then as the con went on, I saw a lot of people, like a lot of couples yeah. dressed as that. Yeah. And I saw multiple promo and pinup art featuring both of them. Yeah. Um, like different artists in artist alley had a sign up that had their version of Joker and Harley Quinn together. 
Yeah. Uh, I'd read that book, I think. I think that oh, would be no, pretty De- cool. Deadpool and Harley Quinn. Sorry, De- what did I say? Joker. Fuck Joker. I'm in Deadpool. Deadpool <laughs> and Harley Quinn together. There was definitely, there was a lot of You know why, Remy? Those. Why? Because they're zany. They're wacky Boy? characters. <laughs> yeah, they're a little too much for me. Yeah. Um, I actually just started reading the Harley, the, the uh, Amanda Connors, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, Rebirth, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And I'm like three issues in and I'm down. I'm out. Like, actually, I have four issues in. I gave it four issues. I'm like, eh. It's just not a, uh, I don't care. It's, Too zany for you? It's like almost cartoon, like it's almost like kitty cartoon zany, but it mm. looks like sexy adults, so my brain and penis don't know what to think. <laughs> 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 it, it just, it, I don't really know what, I don't really understand where it's supposed to go or what, and it's like, I like the, like the Arkham Asylum made more sense. I like the animated series that made sense to me. This just, I really well, don't know like how to... Well, process it speaking of the animated series you know as you heard in that interview she was actually a psychologist and we saw in the program guide that there was going to be an animated series panel about batman the animated series in the lens of looking at it from a psychology perspective and we were like oh we should check that out so we put that on our list for later um and you'll have to listen to the next episode to find out how you're gonna listen to that later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you'll have to listen. Yeah, tune in next week because we're not going to tell you, but we'll let you know how that shit went. <laughs> <laughs> just just to preface it, Rumi and I had a pretty bad batting average when it came to panels. <laughs> That's true. Like at least like 50% of what we did um, – we're going to shit on, <laughs> uh, which is only like, really, if you think about it, a retaliatory shit. Um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight uh, pooping. <laughs> it was not all play for the Rocketeers no. at Comic-Con. We actually had some stuff that we like kind of had to do while we were there. We, we had saw, some business. We had, uh, yeah, we had some business. We saw an opportunity. It was billed as a well-known TV, uh, a well-known um, network. network was looking for nerds to interview. And me and Aaron were like, we're nerds. Yeah. So we wrote them. You had to write a blurb and explain, you know, like who you were and, and, and why you were nerds. You had to write a blurb and send pictures. Yeah, yeah. So and they said, look at these handsome boys. Get them on the show. <laughs> handsome, check. Huge fucking dorks. Check, 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 check. Check, 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 check. So, yeah, we wrote them and they actually immediately wrote us back, let us know it was for a sci fi, uh, sci fi channel. They're doing promos and bumpers uh, for their 25th anniversary. So, we yeah. went in, they gave us, like, no joke, Rumi, am I lying? An eight page questionnaire. Oh, dude, it was ridiculous. Do you remember some of the questions, Rumi? Yeah, it was uh, best, best. Sci-fi. They, they kept saying in genre, but I think they were trying to say like in the sci-fi and fantasy genre. Yeah. Um, best movie of the past twenty-five years. Worst movie of the twenty-five years. This is the funny thing. Was this is like twenty-five years, and you're like shit. Like all the movies that I think are good are way past twenty. Yeah, way we are too the, old. To we're be, too old for our, this. Our favorite shit is not in that yeah, age range like, anymore. I couldn't talk about the thing. Uh, you know, so they're you know they're looking for Guardians of the Galaxy because I mean the past twenty five years has been pretty weak. Um, I think I put like Cabin in the Woods was my favorite like genre. Oh, that's a good one. Film uh, the past twenty five years because it it was such a great commentary on the genre. I mean, say what you want about it being a horror movie, I found it hysterical and it nailed 
every aspect of what the sure. genre was. But they asked, I mean, it's, it was seven pages long, you know, and it was like, one of my favorites was like, what fantasy sci-fi world would you want to live in if it was real? That was a great answer for... Which, uh, which one did you pick? Uh, what sci-fi play? I think I said Star Wars. Yeah. My mind wasn't as funny as yours. Well, I said <laughs> I said Demolition Man, and everybody laughed at that. But I was like, think about it. If you're in the Game of Thrones universe, you're dead. If you're in the Star Wars universe, there's a good chance you're going to get blown up by a Death Star. If you are in the Harry Potter world, you're going to get killed by Death Eaters. Like, so Demolition Man was a future society that had figured their shit out. <laughs> And, I mean, they were eating Taco Bell and not getting fat. They had done away with toilet paper. They're using seashells. And, like, for <laughs> the most part. toilet paper. <laughs> for the most part, the disaster, there was no global disaster. It was one dude running amok and Sly Stallone has to get defrosted to, uh, you know, put a kibosh on that shit. And, and I was like, I'd live in that world. I mean, Rob Schneider and seemed fine. I mean, he had his shit together for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so that seemed like a safe world. Like if you're in the Transformers world, you're getting destroyed. Like most sci-fi worlds have cataclysmic events, and I don't want none of that shit. <laughs> sure, and, and and really, you'll you'll have to. We will. We will do our best to steer you guys towards where these interviews or clips or whatever will be played. Yeah. They told us it would air on the on on the actual TV network, the TV shows and network for bumpers and promos, as well as online. So please, we will let you guys know when we see them. But if you see them, please bounce it around, put yeah. it on all our stuff. Let us well, know where and when you see them. We're it. putting out a Darth Vader level bounty. On this, so if you are a little home forlum or Zuckus or Boba, <laughs> if you Fett, know what your fucking name is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a bounty hunter that is either one of the, if you're either a Zuckus or a forlum, it doesn't matter if you know the difference. You hunt down those promos and you show us. Let us know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there was there were questions like, what's the best movie in the in 25 years? The worst? What movie? is dying for a remake what movie should never be remade yeah um what character do you want to be what superpower do you want superpower what character why uh what vehicle in the canon of your know, nerddom would you want to be riding <laughs> one of your favorite answers and i wish they had asked this it was like who would win in a fight like gandalf uh, oh, it what was, was it? Gandalf or Dumbledore? Um, Dumbledore. And it, you said it said it said uh, in a fight between Gandalf and Dumbledore, Dumbledore blank would win. And I wrote in Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were pretty funny. Oh, we thought we were super funny. So and the best was like you know we're sitting in this like waiting room with a bunch of other dorks and uh, we're writing all these answers. And of course, me and Rumi are just rooming it up. We're like making ourselves crack the fuck up. Yeah, we're in there with like a couple of girls who didn't look like nerds, but they apparently had some. Pretty decent nerd cred, and uh, there was another dude in that room. Uh, this guy, I didn't know what he was. He was he was obviously some sort of Wolverine, but I was like, guy, you got to tell me what what you got going on. And he said, guess my name. Just to describe this a little bit more, he had menorahs fixed to his hands, and I was like, I, I don't want to guess your name. If I guess wrong, I might sound like a racist. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm Juverine. And we're like, oh, okay, clever. Okay, he had a yarmulke on with the X-Men symbol on it and menorahs dashed to his hands and he was L old man Logan Juverine. 
which we found hysterical. Um, yeah, it, it was it was pretty good, and we were in there. He got interviewed before us, but we were just mm-hmm. you know all shitting you know shitting around, joking. I thought our answers were hysterical, but I think everything that we say is hysterical. Yeah. So uh, we obviously we got interviewed together. We walked in, we met the the producer and the director, and they mic'd us up. And you know, me and Rumi started our shit. Even while they were miking us, we were teasing each other back and forth. We were having fun. And uh, the producer, nice young lady, asked us a couple questions, and we all like we. We already could hear and see that she was laughing at our responses. Yeah, arguing with each other. Oh man, we put in such a hard plug for Ghost Shark. We were like, Ghost Shark. Oh yeah. Go Shark. So Ghost Shark <laughs> is, you know, we do shitty movie Sunday. Ghost Shark is this movie about. <laughs> Have we never talked about Ghost Shark on the show? I don't know if we've talked about it before. Oh. If we haven't, though, or if you haven't heard it, Ghost Shark is a movie about exactly what it sounds like. A shark is murdered <laughs> and goes back from the grave for revenge. And it's amazing. We'll, we'll do, let's do a whole fucking thing about it. But it's a, it is a, it Brief aired recap, on yeah. a sci-fi channel. I haven't seen it since, and it's not available on DVD. So when we knew we were going in, I knew me and Rumi were going to make a big plug for Ghost Shark. So we mentioned it like three or four times wherever we could. And she's like, we said something, and she's like, wait, Ghost, the producer is like, wait, Ghost Shark is a sci fi property. And me and Rumi both almost yelled at her. Yes. yes. And she's like, then she goes, because she was actually a pretty good producer. She goes, what's it about? <laughs> oh, man. And then we went into it, and we were just, we kept like picking up and piggybacking on each other's shit and like, you know, just, just really rolling it out. And uh, when we were done with that one, she's like, listen, you guys can like debate and add on to each other's stuff and argue all you want. She's like, we love that. Keep you guys can keep doing that. Keep going. So we just kept saying funnier and funnier shit. Some of the stuff we said, we like we were very, obviously very proud of us. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, she kept laughing, and her laughing is just throwing fuel on the oh fire. Oh my god! Yeah, when you get the camera guy laughing, and when you get the producers, and that laughing, was the thing. Like oh. the guys behind the camera who, like, we could see her. We couldn't see the camera crew, just but we could the hear giggling. the camera guys, the gaffers, and the director laughing. And that's just like, you know, that's just like spinach for me and Rumi. Like, like, all right, I'm going to be funnier and louder now. Um, And and like they finished the interview. Granted, you might not ever see this, but she walked over. And the first thing she said to us was, you guys are really good at this. (laughs) We're like, we know. Can I come to shitty movie Sunday? We were like, yeah, "Yeah, you can come to shitty movie Sunday. You know what's funny is before we started talking about (laughs) this, we were like, we don't want to like toot our horn too much about this. We, We, you know, we'll just play this down. But. Nope. (laughs) Toot that horn right up. (laughs) Um, It was fun as hell, though. It was a great interview. And Um, and they gave us tickets to come to their party. Which uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, I wish Rumi could dance during a a podcast. Yeah, podcasts don't do justice to any sort of dance moves. (laughs) Yeah, the interview was great. But since we were there for business... I had some business cards made. Like a professional. (laughs) (laughs) He had business cards made for the um, podcast in which his roommate yelled out, you get a boner and you get a boner. (laughs) We so pro. Um, Yeah, they were really cool. They were really cool. They were were circular business cards, which I was – very stoked on since our logo circle, but I had them printed out, brought them down, and I was determined to give away as many of these as possible. So everyone we interviewed, you get a business card, and you get a business card. Um, and then I started just – that wasn't good enough for Rumi. So I wanted to try and like sneakily give them to people. So anybody who had just a bag <laughs> open enough, I would just drop a couple We'd in. We'd be walking around the hallways or walking around the floor. 
And Rumi would just give me this Rumi look, a sly Rumi look, take out a business card, which looked like Pogs. <laughs> <laughs> they did look like Pogs. And boop, just dropped drop it in it. someone's bag. Um, but again, Rumi, always pushing those professional boundaries, <laughs> wasn't satisfied to just drop them in people's bags. If anybody had a sombrero on or a hat large enough, I would drop it in the brim of that walking behind them. <laughs> he dropped it in all different, like hats, pieces of people's costumes. Yep. Um, Pockets. There was a person in a panel, a woman in a panel, sitting in front of us who was leaning over enough that her butt crack was sticking out and her jeans were pushed back. I tried real hard to get Rumi to put one in there. <laughs> He is a professional. No, though, I draw the line not. somewhere, Matt. <laughs> yeah, you draw the line down some chick's butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So no, if you've had a business card in your butt crack, it was not us. Yeah, definitely not us. <laughs> if you had a sombrero on, that that was us. Do you think any anybody reached in their pocket, found a card mysteriously placed there, and then was like, oh? I should listen to this. I would think that they'll look that shit up. Really? I, I guess I would. Well, because we got a, I think we have a cool logo. And I think they would think, hmm, I don't remember getting this. And Rumi did make a good point where he said maybe they'll think like that it was Com- Comic-Con put it in those bags. In those bags, Like yeah. that the bag, the bag came with it. I was like, all right, that actually makes sense. <laughs> uh, I don't know if people will actually think that. Um, I was pretty sneaky. But, <laughs> but... I guess if I found it, I, pr- I would probably go- – because when I get cards at something like this, I'll go back and write in pen, you know, talked about this. Mm-hmm. He had a piece of art I liked that looked like this or whatever. That way, two years from now, if I find that business card, it gives me some sort of context of who the person was or what the person was. Oh, yeah. The week of, I usually have a pretty decent memory, though. So if I pulled yeah. out a business card, first of all, that was circular. Second of all, it looked kick-ass like ours, and I didn't recognize it. I'd be like – Hmm, I don't remember this. And then I would look that shit up, and I'd be like, these handsome boys are funny. (laughs) 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 So actually, you know, if you're listening to this right now, and you're listening to it because you found a business card that you don't remember receiving, please write us, let us know where you found it. Found a business card in your sombrero or butt crack. And we went back to the the convention center. Yeah, since since we were talking about bounty hunters, we 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 started to get super obsessed with like certain cosplays. We're like, we need to find this, we need to find that. And one of the ones really quickly on, we saw a bunch of that. We we're like, we got to get an interview with one of those people. Is Bob's Burgers? Ruby and I both really like this show. We love Bob's Burgers. We think it's hysterical. And you know, you see a lot of Bob's Burgers. And and it's one thing. It's it's easy to buy a pink a pink rabbit ear hat it's easy to put on an apron to put on a, and a mustache you know it's easy to put on a blue dress and glasses or find it it's a little bit harder to get a hamburger costume but when we started seeing really good bob's burgers ones like like tina in the turkey costume but the one oh yeah that's yeah. right so and you can see that on on 
some of our social media yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll put that up on social media, on that social media. Uh, <laughs> you kids understood. You Old people like me are like, what's that? What's social that? media sounds like something you'd order at like the Greek, the Greek place. <laughs> Opa! Opa! Social media! <laughs> social Table media. six. Um, so... So the one that we we were able to get an interview with, we saw this, and at first I was like, what's Grimace doing here? And then I was like, that's not Grimace. That's a Bob. So we are at San Diego Comic-Con. Rumi and I are walking around, and who do we see but Bob and Louise from Bob's Burgers. But it's not Bob dressed like a chef. It is Bob dressed like an equestronaut. Bob Cephala, I think is what they call him. The equestronaut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the episode where they go to the the like My Little Pony Brony type of um, he goes to the convention. Brony convention. Yeah, yeah. Um, th this is an amazing costume. Can you explain? Uh, you told me before that you do some really high end cosplay. Yeah. So like uh, my wife Heather and I uh, primarily focus on Doctor Who, and so we're like very into like screen accuracy and like like sourcing like the fabrics they used and you know like which ends up wow. being like. For some of the the more like eclectic doctors, you're talking about thousands of dollars, right? Sure. And then with this, I just bought two sweatsuits so that the fabrics would match, and I like <laughs> am wearing one, and then I cut up the other one to make this head and stuffed it with like half a pillow. It on it was what New Year's Eve, right? I think it was on New Year's Eve, and like I didn't want to go out, so I just stayed home and made a Bob Cephala costume. <laughs> For those of you who are familiar with the, 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 with the episode, he looks just like it, because Bob does like a decent effort in that, that episode to make that costume. Yeah, they really kind of phone it in. Like, I think they only, I think they like tried to, to like make it look like a mop head for his, sure, his, yeah, his yeah. Uh, mane, which didn't really, I tried and it didn't really like <laughs> read as well as I wanted it to. So I ended up just using like, uh, just a, like a, a felt fabric. But, uh, but yeah, like that was the whole idea. Like, because most of the stuff, like the complicated pieces we'll do for other costumes, I'll have commissioned or something like that. People who like really know what they're doing. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to bother to make it look like I know what I'm doing because in not looking like I know what I'm doing, it sells it's, so it's much really better. Selling yeah. it harder. We have to be honest. We, we've been looking around. Like, we got to find a Bob's Burgers to talk to. We got to find a Bob's Burgers. Specifically, because we're both we, huge fans. We, yeah, we've been looking, we've been looking. And then I was like, there's Bob in the horse. Yeah, costume. Rumi saw you, and we were like, we Bob, gotta, we gotta do, do this one. So why why did you go with the equestronauts as opposed to another type of Bob? Um, mainly because it was something for me to be able to like like dial in and like try to for accuracy. Because like a lot okay. of Bob's cosplayers, nothing you know against them, but most of the really good Bob's cosplayers are just guys who look like Bob. Yeah. And so that like and <laughs> so like so I was like check. <laughs> right. And so I was like, you know what I need to, you know, I want something that like isn't just an apron. Like I want something that I can actually like dial in. And um, and so I got so I, I decided to go with this. That's so. great. That's now, great. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. What are you holding in your hands? Uh, this is the charity uh, equestronaut um, horse that um, that Tina uh, accidentally will get swindled out of. And, and the whole idea is that Bob has to go and like infiltrate this like quote sure unquote, what are they the equesticles so anyone who's familiar with this episode is going to want to know and I'm afraid to check but does this she does not have the camel <laughs> this toe, doesn't no. have the camel no, toe so um, <laughs> I did look at like 
this was another thing that like was part of the like okay I'm gonna really dial in on this. Sure. And I looked for like weeks and weeks like for the like, perfect finding charity. this was like way more difficult than any. Sure. Other part that's of but you needed it, and I, I I'm glad that you you hung in there. Yeah. That's that's. That, I've seen that's... guys walk around with like um, uh, Tina's zombie fan fiction like. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but. Uh, but really finding a horse, like, because, like, in, you can grab any, like, My Little Pony or whatever. This isn't a My Little Pony. I forget what brand it is. But, like, it's some other, like, random 80s horse knockoff. But it really, like, it has the same pose. It has the same, like, same type it's, of horse. It's it is. Pretty, I mean. It's pretty close. Head now, to toe, sir. <laughs> this looks amazing. And now. I, I, got, I got one more question for him. Go ahead. In the sake of accuracy, do you have half a tattoo? Uh, no. <laughs> I do have. I do, I do, I do have plenty of tattoos, but that is not one of them. You'd have to ask idiots like us. All right, well, Miss Heather, we have Heather here is dressed in a really nice Louise costume. Did you make this yourself? I did. I, yeah. I was, I was gonna be my first uh, question well, the, too. It's awesome. Are, the years I got off of Etsy, but the dress I put together pretty quick. It, it's pretty cool, and I gotta say, I, uh, we both have done practical special effects and costuming for like film and TV, and. I like a lot of accuracy as well. Right. <laughs> this dress looks like the dress that Louise wears, and not to judge anybody else's cosplay, <laughs> but a lot of time you see a Louise who just has a green dress on. Yeah. And it doesn't look like yeah, the animated the dress. Yeah, right green was probably my most, like, sure. can't be too dark, can't be too light. So let me ask yeah. you, I'm, I'm talking to Louise now, not Heather. Why do you wear the ears? Or Heather can answer, but answer <laughs> why she thinks why Louise wears the ears. Louise wear the ears? She's always got them, even in flashbacks when they're, she's a baby. Well, I know that she has the episode where they're stolen. They're kind of her security blanket. Yep. I mean, I don't. I think that's pretty much sums it up. Like she just needs them to be comfortable, and she, when she doesn't have it, she feels not like herself. Favorite Louise moment? Because I know mine easy. Oh, um. Uh, gosh, I'm blanking right now. Let me think. Uh, favorite Louise. While you think, Rumi, do you have one? When she breaks the couch on purpose. <laughs> My favorite Louise moment, hands down, every time it gets funnier, is when she slaps Boo Boo. The look on her face when she slaps Boo Boo after waiting all episode oh, for that. Oh, I love when she has the long nails and she's tapping. <laughs> I thought about doing that for this cosplay when they all have the nails. Oh, because she, she refuses to clip her nails, yeah, right? Yeah, she refuses yeah. to clip her nails and she's clackety, 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 clack. Unreal. <laughs> that was so awesome. And then... Uh, they, is this your daughter? Yes. We have a daughter, Piper. Piper, here. She's kind of <laughs> Tina bounding. <laughs> she's like she's kind of like minute. a Tina. You want to be interviewed? <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Thank that you. was That was a lot of fun. Say bye-bye. Bye. Oh, she said it. Did we get it? <laughs> <laughs> so for every cool costume that we saw, all the cool... Bob's Burgers, mm -hmm. Harley Quinn's, Batman's, Hulkbusters, ATATs, oh, yeah. Giant Wookiees, all the cool stuff we did see. For every one of those, there's like 20 dime store costumes. There are people uh, from all over, from all different walks of life, yep. with all different backgrounds and creativity and, um, uh, I guess, like handiness and craftiness levels. Yep. So, yeah, you see some shit that you're like, man, that guy spent thousands of dollars. There's got to be hundreds and hundreds of hours invested in that costume. And then there's other people who you look at and you're like, uh, no, you did not do the same as the guy I just described. Um, I have no problem with that. Like, I don't care. I don't judge them per se. Um, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you look at someone and say, oh, man, you didn't really do a good job with that? I mean – 
there's a difference between going 110% and like, yo, I just want to fit in. You know, sure. they're there. They tried. They bought the T-shirt. You know, they thought about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's better than us. We didn't put on any costume. We just <laughs> we just threw on. A, uh, uh, that uh, is yeah. not true. Okay. 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 What we were, were we dressed like? We we're born with this. <laughs> I was dressed like a handsome boy. Um. Uh, last year, before I went to Comic Con with Rumi, I went uh, with my my cousins and stuff, and we had a dinner one night with a bunch of other friends, including our friend Barry. If we haven't talked about Barry yet, I love Barry. He's one of my best friends. Barry is pretty opinionated. <laughs> he can be. He can be. Uh, Barry is pretty opinionated. And he went on a rant about how some people did not produce the effort that he required to be <clears throat> impressed. And um, he was going on and on about how this kid did this and this looked like this and he didn't do a good enough job. And then he exclaimed out loud in exasperation, you know, if you're coming to Comic-Con, spend the hundred dollars, which meant like if you were going to get a makeup like a creature or something like that, spend a hundred dollars and get a somewhat professional person to do it. Don't just paint yourself blue in the bathroom or whatever. And Barry was not having that. And he was just shitting all over everything. Spend the hundred dollars. Spend the hundred dollars. Immediately became the rallying cry of like some, someone's costume who was less than par so um we saw a lot of people this this weekend who spent a hundred dollars spent way more than a hundred dollars and we saw a lot of people who did not spend a hundred dollars and we would we would not not to their face because again we're 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 classy (laughs) sometimes you get a Sure are. But to each other would exclaim, spend the $100. Oh, yeah. it's Because everyone who was there at that dinner and now all of our friends who have heard about the dinner, we all say that shit now because that, that is a Comic-Con, uh, a Comic-Con cry now. We say that every year. It, if your costume has a cape and your cape is made out of trash bags, spend the $100. <laughs> if you're a Groot made of butcher paper, spend the $100. If you are wearing a colander as a helmet, spend the $100. If you're supposed to be Bob's from Bob's Burgers, but you're clean shaven, spend the $100. If you are Darth Vader, but I can still see your nose, spend the $100. <laughs> That's true. We saw a guy who had a Darth Vader helmet, but for whatever reason, <clears throat> it had no eye lenses. So he just had on black shades on his human face. So like you could see... People coming out of him. People, if your <laughs> costume, if you're wearing a mask that has a, a itchy little tongue slit and elastic holding it to your face, spend the hundred dollars. <laughs> the one thing that I, I I will like in my head complain and whine and groan about people's costumes is if you are wearing a costume that requires a helmet or face mask, like a mask or a thing. And, like, you know, something over your head or your face, and you are not wearing it, you are holding it, fail. Fail, fail, fail. fail. I don't care if it's store-bought or if you made it or if it's $100 or $100,000. If you're fucking Darth Vader walking with your helmet, fail. Stormtrooper with your helmet in your hand, fail. Alien. Full-on xenomorph costume. Put that fail. Put we that saw, helmet on. We saw fucking Alien and a Predator on two different days. Neither one of them had their heads on. Fail. Fail. I, and, like, I know it's hot. I've done creature suit performance in movies. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it's hot. But, like, you fucking did that. Comic-Con was like, yo, 
hey, Alan, will you come dressed as an alien? You're like, well, all right. You decided to be an yeah. alien. Fucking own it. And uh, that's like the Disney rule. They never allow Disney. They never allow like the Mickey Mouse in costume to be seen without his helmet on. Sure, right, right, right. Illusion. I don't want my illusion broken. I'm at Comic Con, damn it. <laughs> and if you're going to Comic Con dressed as a fill in the blank, yeah, dress like a fill in the blank. Yeah, keep that shit up all day. <laughs> We're being harsh. We're being harsh. We we did give people their due, didn't we? We played a game called uh, Who's Winning? Oh, yeah, and this is a game that I think me and my cousin Mike invented our first year going to Comic-Con together. And it's pretty simple. What you do is you, you, know, you walk around, and the person who you think has the coolest costume, you walk up to them. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's always super polite etiquette. And if you think about, like, nice humanity shit, to ask somebody before you take their picture. And, excuse me, can I take a picture? Almost everybody at Comic-Con wants their pictures to get taken. So um, you say, you know, can I take your picture? When, they, when you take your picture, like, you're winning, man, and then, or, or woman. And that person now has the best costume. Yep. So you got to find the next person who beats that person's costume. When And you could take pictures of other people in the meantime, but they're not winning. When you find someone who has a better costume than the previous winner, you say, hey, you're – they don't really know, but you say, you're winning. And now they're beating the last one. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my cousin Mike have a very loose system when we do this. It's not Very loose. Necess- <laughs> it's not necessarily like that they completely demolished how – you know, the last person's costume. It's basically just – Above and beyond, if you're above and beyond. But when I introduced the game to Rumi, Rumi definitely took it, took the the quote unquote "you're winning" to heart, and he would be like, "Well, you know, we really like dissect. Well, this guy had this, and this was creative, but this was harder to pull off, and this is more uncomfortable mm-hmm. and uh, more commitment." So we really had a whole series of "you're winning" costumes, and uh, you know, all those people who looked at. These two handsome boys, first of all, we were winning. We probably won. But <laughs> if if you got told by me and Rumi at Comic-Con this year that you were winning, rest assured that your costume kicked ass. Kicked Rumi ass. Rumi was a huge fucking, like, a, a tight judge on that shit. What were some of the cool ones we saw? Who were some of the winners that we saw? Um, the first one that we saw was Tina yep. in the Thanksgiving turkey yeah. um, costume. That was a big one. Uh, that was definitely the first one. Uh, I saw was, a lady predator that was pretty rad. Yes, yeah, like a, a woman, and she was holding the mask, but she had a whole um, um, uh, costume. I don't. I think she was supposed to be uh, Miyoko. Yeah, from from the original Aliens vs Predator. That's right, Machiko. That's what yeah. it was. Uh, from the original Aliens vs Predator series, she uh, she was a tall woman. She I think she said she was like six and change, yeah. high six and change. And uh, she had the full the weapons, the, the guns. gun on the arm. Yeah. She made and it looked like she made everything, which was really, really cool. cool. She had some tattoos. Then she showed us she had a predator ta- a predator's face tattooed like on the the Shoulder. right underneath the small yeah. of her neck. Um, she was winning. Uh, we, there was one big soul. He was almost like a almost like a War of World Crafts type. Um, like a knight? Yeah, like a big bruiser guy with a big helmet and an axe that he made. Really cool. Uh, a Hulkbuster Iron Man armor was one. Uh, uh, the AT-AT? Yeah, it was an AT-ST. AT-ST. And, dude, it was a, it, you'll, you'll see these pictures when we post them. An AT-ST, a guy in an AT-ST costume that he built, clomping around, and his torso was in the head of the AT-AT, and he had a Chewbacca hand puppet sticking out the top, and it was making Chewbacca sounds. It was awesome. That was a great costume. Um, we uh, They're very uh, 
handicapped accessible there. They're they're very big at San Diego Comic Con about uh, people with wheelchairs and and people who need who need assistance um, to to be allowed in and 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 really help facilitate their their experience there. But the people who showed up in a wheelchair in costume, we saw some Which creative. Of yeah, what was what what was what was your favorite one that we saw where someone incorporated uh, the wheelchair into the the, the, the costume itself? Well, it's funny because you pointed out, and you go, "Are they winning?" And I looked down, I was like, "No." And then you're like, "But it's the Star Tours. It's from Star Tours." And oh, I was like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's winning." And it was a woman in a wheelchair. And I just thought it was like a white box. Like a motorized wheelchair. Yeah, I didn't know what it was. But then you realize that it's the it's the ride from Disneyland of Star Tours. And she was dressed as one of the people who, like, help you get in there. And, like, she had the hat. And she had, like, uh, Star Tours stuff on the on, on the the ship itself and it looked like the actual ride. Right, the 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 little shuttle that you take when you're you're on that ride, which was pretty darn so good. good. We also saw another dude, a, a younger kid. Yeah. He was in a, like a, a a manual wheelchair. Yeah. He was dressed like an Imperial Tie Fighter pilot. Yeah. And there were huge Tie Fighter wings on the sides of the um wheelchair. So he didn't even know it was a wheelchair until he looked at it from the front. Yeah, it was really pretty cool. freaking cool. Uh yeah, it was really cool. Uh and then there was another lady who she transformed her motorized scooter into a steampunk sort of decoration, but like really good. Like the whole thing had wood paneling on it and like steam yep. pipes. She's there every and, year. I've seen her oh, all the time. Awesome. There's little vials like when she when she drives by you, if you look at it from the back, there is um little vials and shit, like little canisters and stuff, and there's mm-hmm. actual liquid in inside and it's lit. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. They spent the hundred dollars. Spent the hundred dollars for sure. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was super, super cool. Uh, special shout out to the person who ended up, not only did we see them on the last day towards the end of, uh, the day, but had we seen them first, I don't know that we would have been able to tell anybody else they were winning. We saw these dudes, uh, the, at least the, the builder was from England, but we saw this fairy with an no, animatronic yeah. fairy head and you got to see these pictures. We should have taken a video of it. The eyes animatronically would move based on facial recognition stuff inside the mask. So when the model, the actress inside the mask would look to the left, it would detect that her eyes looked left and the animatronic eyes would look left. Yeah. I don't know how that chick was actually seeing in real life, but it was the, the, super cool. The blacks of the eyes were mesh. Oh, so she could see through the she pupils? She could see through the pupils, yeah. And, uh, and she had wings that would automate uh, automatically open and close um she could smile um, yeah the face would move and when she smiled she had these feathers on her head that would raise up too it that was, was really cool it was pretty freaking cool uh that was the best i mean clearly a lot of work i'm sure a lot of r&d and a lot of time yeah went into that when we asked them they're not props builders the guy who built it was an electrical engineer yeah, so engineer. He, he's putting some science into that shit nerd <laughs> no they def- that, that costume definitely won the whole thing though for sure well Rumi we have so much to cover about San Diego Comic Con that we can't fit it into a normal length episode so we're going to split it up into a couple of episodes so uh, look for the next episode where we keep talking about San Diego Comic Con and the rad time we had there
Hey guys, thanks for listening to our first episode about our trip to San Diego Comic-Con 2017. Check out all of our awesome pictures we're uploading to social media. You can look at them at our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter, at LaunchpadPod. We have another episode about San Diego Comic-Con coming up. I mean, we just had so much, we couldn't pack it into one episode. We're releasing a couple episodes about our adventure. The next episode, Rumi takes me to an art auction where I accidentally buy some art. And we talked to Phil, the publisher of Famous Monsters of Filmland, one of our favorite classic monster magazines. And that is a great interview. You don't want to miss that. 